The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there. And many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. That Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's always saying stuff. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. Welcome to Favorite Points of View. This show is a part of the Force Center podcast feed. And here on Force Center, we like to celebrate Star Wars. And on Favorite Points of View in specific, we celebrate Star Wars by asking fans about a specific topic within Star Wars. What their favorite thing is in that topic and why. Why do they love it? Because sometimes we don't just love something because of what's on the screen. Sometimes we love something because it leapt off the screen and into our hearts or toy collections, video game consoles, pillowcases. There's so many places for Star Wars to jump when it gets off the screen. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, this episode, we're going to talk about a very important part of Star Wars, and that is inspiration. I asked some listeners on our Patreon page what characters, scenes, life lessons, maybe action figure packaging that they took inspiration from, and we got so many great responses, I had to break it up into two episodes. So here it is, across all different films, eras, mediums, and generations, some inspiring moments from Star Wars to keep that light glowing in the darkness. Let's dive in. Our first inspiring Star Wars moment comes from Kyle Barrett. Kyle says... For me, the most inspiring moment in all of Star Wars is when Agent Callus and Zeb have to work together on the icy moon of Baron in Star Wars Rebels. They begin the series as sworn enemies, Callus having been responsible for the near extinction of Zeb's species. But in the episode The Honorable Ones, they are forced to confront and aid one another, and so begins an unlikely bond that develops into friendship. After that fateful encounter, Callus discovers the kinship he shares with Zeb, both of them soldiers for a cause, and he witnesses the camaraderie of the rebels, something sorely lacking from his experience with the Empire. Callus, the big bad of the first two seasons in the face of the Empire in the show, makes a bold decision for the better and becomes a rebel. Unlike some other Star Wars characters, redemption doesn't come at the end of Callus's life, but instead ushers in a new era of it. One where the past is not forgotten or rewritten, but learned from. Callus admits and confronts his failings while having the most unexpected of friends by his side, forgiving him when he's struggling to forgive himself. Because it's not just a one-sided change, Zeb also changes alongside Callus. He won't hate, not even the man who wiped out most of his people. This relationship and the theme it wonderfully portrays speaks to me on both a macro and micro level. To admit wrongdoing to seek out those you have hurt and try to help them, to try and forgive those who have hurt you, however painful that might initially be. Sure, personally, I've never committed genocide, thank goodness, but in the fantasy fairy tale of Star Wars, the key message can be just as important in some huge display of galactic conflict or the smallest character moment. Emotion supersedes even the scale of a war among the stars. 
Callus and Zeb's friendship can be a powerful and important inspiration when I see two kids fighting on the playground or society itself divided through enormous pain. I think often of Callus and Zeb's final moments in the show heading towards the new homeworld of the Lasat, leaving to make a better future together as friends than the past when they fought as enemies. If ever I hurt or fight with someone, I think of that moment when I reach out to make amends and hope we too can reach that same destination of a better future as friends. I love this, Kyle. This is so great. Thank you for sending it in. You make so many great points here. This is such a perfect example of making the right choice when you're not a super powerful force-wielding figure of destiny, but more of a cog in a horrific machine like Callus is. It's such a great reminder that these big epic themes of Star Wars can translate to our real lives, and you know, few of us will be in the position of Anakin Skywalker to return from the darkness, save a loved one from force lightning by throwing an evil wizard down a shaft, but we can just, you know, text a friend and apologize if we've been a jerk, or accept the friend's apology and forgive them. And if we're lucky, we can do it just like Callus and come out the other side not only a better person, but a better person with better hair. That's right. I am a hot Callus fan. Again, Kyle, thank you. That is so great. We're going to move on to our next moment of inspiration. Our second inspiration comes from Harry Higgins. Harry says, Given all of the new Star Wars movies, TV, comics, etc., I go back to The Last Jedi constantly for favorite moments in this new canon. But my all-time favorite line comes from Ben and Luke's confrontation on Crate, where Ben antagonizes his old master, to which Luke responds, The rebellion is reborn today. The war is just beginning, and I will not be the last Jedi. Besides Mark Hamill's powerful acting chops always giving me a well of emotion, I am so fully inspired by Luke's reckoning with himself. Throughout the film, we see him as a sad, bitter man who is so convinced the Jedi should end that he teaches Rey just to show her why. His failure with Ben so thoroughly wrecks him, and it wrecks us as an audience to see our legendary Luke Skywalker has given up. Luke's journey with failure in The Last Jedi is one that we're all familiar with. It sucks to have one life adventure or another blow up in your face so bad that it's almost impossible to see moving past it. One such moment for me was leaving a job I was woefully wrong for. For months on end, I interviewed for new jobs, getting rejected again and again. It hurts, and I wanted to throw in the towel, but Luke doesn't give up, and neither did I. Luke moves past his failure and gives our heroes that last thing he has left to give, hope. The hope that the Resistance can live to fight another day, and the hope that Rey will become the Jedi that the galaxy needs. His whole arc in Last Jedi is monumental, but his final moments move me so much. I will not be the Last Jedi is a retort to Ben, but also an affirmation to Luke. Harry, this is amazing. I could not agree more. Thank you so much for sharing that line. And the accompanying visuals with Finn and Poe and Rey is really up there for me of my favorite lines and all of Star Wars. I joke sometimes about getting tattoos. Uh, that's one I'd maybe consider. It is hard to watch Luke be as low as he is uh, during parts of The Last Jedi, but he goes low so he can rise so high here. I think this moment is particularly inspiring to me because it strangely does connect so closely to real life, like Harry is saying. Fear, doubt, 
pain, exhaustion, that desire to just say, it can't be fixed, just burn it all down. Everything Luke is going through is so relatable. And the first step to making any difference when you feel that way is finding just a little bit of hope again, finding that strength to take just one step forward. Watching Luke do that in such a powerful way and watching his act of hope immediately give light to the next generation is just amazing. I'll also say as a big fan of the Jedi in general, I think it's so powerful that Luke does acknowledge all the legitimate failures of the Jedi, but also sees that they are a symbol of hope. And the Jedi don't have to go around fighting wars and hacking off limbs all the time. That's not their only purpose. They're also needed as a symbol of hope. It is a great inspiration. Thanks again, Harry, and congrats on your own bravery to pick up and move on like good old Luke Skywalker. We are going to move on to our next moment of inspiration. This one comes from Will Culbertson. Will says, As I was growing up, I was very active in martial arts training. In the summer of my freshman year of college, I was invited to test for a black belt. On the day of the test, I was a nervous wreck. I couldn't seem to focus, and the mistakes started to pile up. I failed the test in spectacular fashion. I was disheartened and embarrassed, and so the constructive criticism I received from the instructors afterwards fell on deaf ears. They said I would be eligible to test again the following year, and so I half-heartedly kept going to practice for the next couple of months. Then one day, my parents bought me the newly released VHS copy of The Phantom Menace, and I immediately put it on for the first time since I had seen it in theaters. The pod racing sequence was coming up. Sebulba is trash-talking Anakin. And then Qui-Gon picks up Anakin, places him in his pod, and says, Remember, concentrate on the moment. Feel. Don't think. Use your instincts. May the Force be with you. It clicked. This is what I hadn't done at the testing. I so worried about failing that I wasn't able to concentrate on the moment. I was thinking, not feeling, and I wasn't using my instincts. From that day on, I knew what I had to work on in practice. Whenever I felt myself getting nervous, I would take a deep breath and try to let that moment wash over me again. That next summer, I passed my test and earned my black belt. And although I am no longer training, I still tear up every time that moment comes up in Phantom Menace because of the strength it gave me all those years ago. Will... I'm impressed and jealous. I have tapped into this advice of Qui-Gon for things like improv comedy and staying focused during Star Wars trivia and not getting mad in traffic jams, but not for something as awesome as martial arts training. I would love to be able to tell people Star Wars helped me get my black belt. Every time I hear one of these great personal stories about the power of the prequels, it makes them even richer when I rewatch them. So thank you not only for this specific moment of inspiration, Will, but thank you for adding to my pile of moments that make me love the prequels even more. We are going to move on to our next inspiration. This comes from Commander Cloud. The commander says, I don't know if inspiring is the right word for it, but I certainly feel affirmed in my convictions when I see Luke Skywalker's defeat in The Empire Strikes Back. As I see it, Luke was at his lowest yet. He had brashly rushed off to save his friends, but had fallen straight into Vader's trap and was soundly defeated. Gravely injured and now backed into a corner above a chasm in the depths of Cloud City, Luke was physically, emotionally, and spiritually battered. 
Vader's revelation cast doubt onto everything Luke thought he knew about his father and about Ben, perhaps even on his belief in the light and that it is equally as powerful as the dark. Now Luke was being tempted to join Vader. It could be his only path to salvation left for he and his friends, maybe even for the galaxy, should Luke actually be powerful enough to overthrow the Emperor, as Vader claims. So it was at this crucial moment, when Luke may have doubted himself, what he could do, and possibly even doubted in the light side itself, that Luke took decisive action. He may not know what the right thing to do was, but he still recognized the selfish face of evil, and he rejected it. Luke Skywalker chose death rather than joining the dark side, and without another word in answer to Vader, let himself go, plummeting into the abyss below. To me, that choice demonstrates the strength of conviction I want to have, that even totally broken, hurt, lost, and uncertain in myself, I would still recognize and reject evil. As a child, I took Luke's decision for granted. Of course he would reject Vader. Vader was bad, but Luke was good, and good always won. As an adult, I see now that even truly honest, decent people can differ greatly on what the right thing to do may be. This can cause disagreements and delays while nothing gets done, but this scene gives me hope that I, and anyone else, while not always agreeing on what is right, can still strongly and unanimously reject what is wrong. This is great, Commander Cloud. Thank you so much for sharing it. Like you, uh, this moment has been with me for so long. It's one that I really need to step back from sometimes and, and re-examine. I love thinking of it as a moment of letting go, of trusting the force, of trusting your instincts, of rejecting anger in violence. It's another of Luke's greatest hits of coming up with a relatively creative and pacifist-leaning solution. I think it's also another great and heightened example of what we can do in our own lives. Sometimes, yes, we have to engage, and Star Wars has lots of great examples of that. But sometimes when you can feel yourself being drawn into a conflict that you know is wrong, or even one that you're just not prepared for yet, I think sometimes the most noble and difficult thing to do is just walk away. For myself, I can have a tendency in real life to not let things go once I fully engage. And some of my biggest regrets in life I can trace back to moments where I should have just taken a step back for a moment. Now, when I'm faced with one of those kinds of situations, it's very helpful to think of myself as Luke, just letting go. And instead of using the force to call my sister, I get to text my wife and she helps save me. She swoops in with the Falcon and opens up that top hatch and things get better. I am a very lucky person. This is a great inspiration and a great insight, Commander. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a moment with more great Star Wars inspirations. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. And like Luke projecting himself onto Great, we have returned. Our next inspiration is about Yoda, and it comes to us from Patrick Quinn. Here's what Patrick has to say. As I get older, I find that different Star Wars scenes speak to me in different ways. The gift that keeps on giving. The scene that speaks to me at this point in my life is Yoda's statement in The Last Jedi, We are what they grow beyond. As a parent, I do my best to guide my little Padawans through a world that can sometimes seem confusing and terrifying. When I stumble, I can look on that moment as an opportunity for my children to learn a new path, a better way. I also think Yoda's comments can apply to how we learn from our own actions. In each moment, we have the opportunity to learn from our mistakes and meet whatever shows up with kindness, compassion, and curiosity. I love this moment, Patrick. I love that you chose it and you spoke so eloquently about how you incorporate it into your life as a parent. That is great. It's great to see how much strength people in the Star Wars community take from all of Yoda's lessons in that scene. Remembering that failure is a good teacher, accepting our own flaws and trying to fix them, and trying to pass on what we have learned to that next generation. I really love uh, that Patrick says, kindness, compassion, curiosity. I think it's so important that even in these serious moments, Yoda has a sense of whimsy and caring. He's really embodying the light side, not just as a shield from the dark side, but the light side as having value in and of itself. The light side is joy and kindness and laughing and community and growing. And just on a a real Star Wars fan level, I love interpreting this scene as Yoda also acknowledging his failures, like Patrick is talking about. Yoda wasn't sure about Luke in the original trilogy. He feared Luke's attachment to Han and Leia and Anakin. He feared that those attachments would lead Luke to the dark side. Instead, it was Luke's attachment, his compassion, his light that helped save the galaxy. Seeing Yoda and Luke wrestle with their mistakes and then move past them is really inspiring for me. And I think it really helps complete the story of the Jedi across the entire saga. Anyway, that's my kind of long-winded way of saying I wish Yoda was my dad. No offense to my real dad. He's great too. 
I think both my dad and Yoda are good dads. Thanks for the great inspiration, Patrick. We are going to move on to our next inspiration. This inspiration comes to us from Andrew Siner. Andrew says, While I'm sure there's about a dozen moments I could list, provided I gave it more than five seconds of thought, however, with questions about deep personal growth, it always seems best to go with the first image that popped into your head. So I'll choose to share the one I literally have tattooed on the outside of my right forearm. Broom kid. I've never cried during my first viewing of a Star Wars film, or any film for that matter. The first viewing is always sort of like jumping into a cold swimming pool, and it takes that first shock to adjust before I can really start to experience the emotions of the story. That's not what happened on my first viewing of The Last Jedi. By the time the Falcon flashed through hyperspace and we transitioned to three children sharing the grand story of The Last Jedi, I was right on the edge of weeping. The instant Oniho Zaya placed that custom figure and said, Luke Skywalker, I fell apart. Quick background. I had given up on a career path into law enforcement at the start of 2016. Mainly, I had lost hope. Between the vile toxicity, corruption, and horrific past in too much of law enforcement culture, and being literally spat on and mocked by those I wanted to serve and protect whenever I wore my cadet uniform, just crushed me. Why bother? I'm just another white, hetero-presenting cis man. I just make things worse. Cue Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi, one of my childhood heroes, one of the same heroes that inspired me to pursue a career in law enforcement. Disillusioned, broken, and beaten. To him, he'd left the galaxy in a darker place than he found it. Why bother? Well, he did bother. And while he didn't do much on the physical level other than save a few dozen people and slow the First Order down for five minutes, those kids on Canto Bite showed me the single overriding lesson I needed. Everyone has a duty to try and bring more light into the world. But evil never truly dies, and sometimes you screw up, even leaving the world darker than you found it. However, as long as you pass that drive on to the next generation, keep that spark of hope lit and still in your children, your nieces and nephews, your little cousins, that, to mix fandoms, there's some good in this world, and it's worth fighting for. You've done something. Ryan Johnson's on record saying that Tamiri Blagg is meant to be him, us, as children looking up to Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. But to me, Broom Kid is my little siblings, my young cousins, my future kids, and I can't thank Star Wars enough for giving me back my hope. Andrew, that is great. Thank you for sharing not only your Star Wars inspiration, but your real-life story. Luke's act on Crate is super powerful, as we discussed in the first half of this episode, but this scene at the very end of The Last Jedi takes it to another level. There's so much there. Luke accepting that myths, legends, stories are important, passing that torch of hope to good old Broom Kid, watching Broom Kid hold that broom out like a blade, just like so many of us have done with any random, long, cylindrical item we can find, and for myself personally. I also love what this says about not just Tamiri Blegg, but also Oniho Zaya. It's a reminder that stories are important, but also impossible without the commitment of a good storyteller. So thank you for telling us your story, Andrew, and I hope we can all buy a custom Luke Skywalker Jedi Master action figure soon. Moving on to our next inspiration. This one comes to us from Mark Knope. Mark says, One of my favorite inspiring moments happens during the celebration after the Battle of Exegol. It's the kiss between Larma Dacey and Roby Tice. I'm gay, and seeing a gay kiss in Star Wars is just very thrilling. Representation matters. 
I do wish they would do more. It sucks that it's such a small moment and that it was very easy to remove it from some international versions of the movie, but the moment itself is still amazing in my opinion. Like Obi-Wan told Rey in the Force Vision, these are your first steps. I'm hoping Lucasfilm will continue to take these steps. The books and comics have done a much better job with LGBTQ representation. Sinjur is easily one of my top five characters in all of Star Wars, but it can't be underestimated how important it is that the movies and Disney Plus include these characters as well. The kiss between Larma and Roby gave me hope that things will get better in the future. Happy Pride Month. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Mark, of course, sent this in when it was still Pride Month, but I didn't want to edit that sentiment out. My apologies for taking a little longer to get this episode released out into the world than planned. So happy past Pride Month and happy future Pride Month. I agree with you, Mark. I want to see more representation on the big screen and on the only slightly smaller screen of Disney+. Plus. I love this choice in Rise of Skywalker. I love the character of Larma Daisy. And one of the first things I did when I got the Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary is flip through it real quick to find out the name of Daisy's partner. Now, I know this uh, particular moment can be a source of debate with people thinking it's it's too little, and I respect that position. But it's really great to hear your perspective, Mark, that like many things in Star Wars, hopefully this moment is a spark that will grow into something much bigger. I'm personally on board for just a Daisy and Roby Tice Disney Plus series right now. I would be thrilled. I'd be hit and play this very second. Thank you so much, Mark, for sharing your inspiration. And we are going to move on to our final inspiration of the episode. This was sent in by Michael Cham. Here's what Michael has to say. I spent several years as an active union steward. I learned a lot about the role of union staffers during this time and their strong tendency to see capitulation as the wiser or more realistic course. Sometimes those of us who preferred a more combative strategy could win enough of our colleagues to a position that we would act anyway, despite the discouragement of the bureaucrats. Sometimes this saved people's jobs, sometimes it made the boss implement necessary improvements to our work sites, and sometimes the staffers' fear carried the day and people got fired for nothing or things stayed as they were. These stakes, while real, were not as grave as the decision rebellion leaders faced as to whether or not to risk attempting to capture the Death Star plans. When Jin Erso emerges from her unsuccessful attempt to convince the Rebel Council to fight, it appears that bureaucratic cowardice has again carried the day. But the bureaucrats were not the only ones who'd heard her speech. As Cassian and the volunteers approach to offer their lives to save the galaxy, without which all of their previous militancy would have amounted to nothing, hope is reborn. A group of rank and filers has decided to risk leading, and they end up forcing, or in the case of Admiral Raddus, empowering the leaders to follow. Cassian's speech invariably finds me with tears running down my face. His welcome home response to Jin's declaration that she's unaccustomed to such loyalty is dependent on his comrades having made a home for him to welcome her into. Michael, this is really great, really beautifully said. We talked earlier this episode about moments when stepping away from conflict is the right thing to do. We've talked about The Last Jedi where Luke realizes he must act when he projects himself to Crate, but only in this very specific, very creative way that is right for him. I love all those moments, but Rogue One is such a triumph of depicting a moment when the right thing to do is push through the fear and take decisive action. 
Cassian and Jin coming together as friends, as family, coming around to see one another's points of view, Jin's morality about the costs of conflict, and Cassian's knowledge that to not act is to be subjugated. They come together in such an honest and moving way in this moment. And there's so much to be inspired by, from Radis's fin slap on the table saying, I say we should fight, to Jin's quoting of Cassian that rebellions are built on hope. And as anybody who has listened to Force Center for a while knows, I take great personal inspiration from Senator Noah Jabel, who is so terrified of the full horror of the situation that he wants to deny reality a Death Star. This is nonsense. That's my personal Star Wars inspiration for this episode. To look in the mirror and say to myself, don't be Noah Jabel. Don't deny the reality of the challenges in front of you. If they're high stakes things that affect our whole world, our whole community, if they're personal things like jobs or relationships, just don't turn away. It is hard to face it all, but look at all these great inspirations. Learning to change, learning to forgive, learning to grow, learning to walk away when necessary, learning to fight, learning to fight, but only in the manner you know is right. From Callus to Cassian and all the Lukes, Jins, Broomkins, Larma Daisies, and Qui-Gons in between, Star Wars is full of inspiration. Thank you all for inspiring me. There will be many more favorite points of view to come. There might be some more moments of inspiration if it is feeling like uh, the galaxy needs that. Maybe we'll get on to just a bunch of fun things like blasters or ships or Padme's outfits. All sorts of different favorite points of view to share. And I'm excited to hear them from you and then share them with all of our listeners. For now, you can find me on all the social media. Is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, my comedy albums, and future live shows, all on josephscrimshaw.com. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. More fun stuff coming there very soon. Thanks as always for sharing. Thank you for listening. And as Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, another happy landing.